Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to Full Count Chaos. Here we are wrapping up the 2018 season of the Baltimore Orioles. And again, I can't thank you enough for sticking with me through this god-awful season. And a little bit later, I'm going to announce the winner of who gets the 2019 opening day season tickets. Two of them. I have friends and family. They have season tickets. They go, you know what? We love the show. We want to help you out. And the listeners that tune in because we know you want to say thank you to them. So they donate a couple tickets. And I want to give them to you. I'm also going to be, uh, we're going to be giving away, was it, uh, April. April and May. Again, this is all for just saying thank you for tuning in when I started the show. Sometimes it takes a while to get things rolling, but you know what? You guys have really given me a lot of great feedback on the show. Things are taking off. I'm very happy of where the show is right now. Again, the first year, sometimes it can just take take a little bit to get the car moving, to get things rolling, but everything's been working out. So again, I want to say thank you for tuning in. I will be announcing the winner in a little bit later in the episode. A lot of emails came in, and that's awesome because it helps me understand that, hey, you guys are still tuning in, even though we are witnessing the worst Baltimore Orioles team you've ever seen. So thank you. And if you're just now tuning in to this episode going, wait a minute, I didn't see anything on on Facebook or Twitter about this or Instagram. It's because a couple episodes ago I I said I was only going to... um, I was only going to mention it on the show. I didn't want some random stranger who's never tuned into the show and, you know, write in and be like, oh, I love the show. I tune in all the time. I want the tickets. I wanted somebody who would genuinely tunes in to the show and uh, give them a chance to win it. So there you go. But anyway, 2018. Holy hell. Please just go away. Never want to talk about the season again. 46 and 114. Ah, fuck me. Can eat shit. Not a good season. Uh, I apologize for not being here last week. I was actually uh, running around. I'm telling you what, this summer was probably not the best summer to start the show here uh, because of all the plans I had. But uh, one of the things I was doing was camping. I don't know if I can call it camping. Was it really camping? If I can flush after taking a shit, that's not camping. Flat screen TV and an RV the size of King Kong. Two bedrooms in the RV, king-size bed in each room. You can't call it camping. (laughs) We went with a couple friends. They bring silverware. I mean, it was like a microwave in there, an oven, a stove, a sink, running water. I don't know. I just not like it was when I was a kid with camping. I remember you had to sit on a log, take a shit, and wipe your ass and hope to God it's not poison ivy. That's what I call camping, sleeping... You know, in, in a little uh, tent, you got to take a shit. You got to zip up the tent, zip it down. Hopefully, the uh, that zipper doesn't wake up whoever else is in the tent with you. And then you you have your little flashlight and, you, you know, you freak it out because you keep hearing shit. All you want to do is take a piss. It's 10 degrees and you keep thinking some bear's going to sneak up on you. With this camping, the only thing keeping me up is that 70-inch flat screen TV on in the background not camping anyway so i'm back just in time to uh watch the orioles wrap up their season is there anything you're gonna miss about 2018 absolutely not it was miserable 
I don't know. I mean, the only positive, the only fun moment that I remember of the Orioles 2018 is Adam Jones hitting the walk-off home run opening day. Other than that, they just completely shit the bed. I mean, what's the fan base going to be like next year, in the next couple years? Are you going to be supporting them all year? Of course I'm supporting my O's, Nate. I love my O's. Oh, yeah? Will you? Because I'll tell you what, this team may be worse next year. <laughs> Everyone says it can't get worse. Well, no scope, no Manny. We don't have a closer. Our bullpen looks like it sucks. What the hell is our rotation going to look like next year? You're just going to have to be real patient. We're going to be able to tell who the real Oriole fans are next year in the next couple years. <laughs> Some people I talked to, now nah, they're going to be okay. I think now that they uh, they know their role and, and you know the batting order and it's going to be a young manager, <laughs> okay. If it helps you sleep at night, you can dream that. I like Caleb Joseph, went thug life, talking about this garbage season, saying, how does everyone still have a job? Exactly, Caleb. We're all wondering that. How the hell did everybody, everybody keep their job? Not one person get fired. And again, a lot of us, we don't like to see people get fired. You know, nobody wants to see anyone lose their job unless they do something extremely fucked up. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, like may have a team go 46 and 114, which they play the Astros this weekend. And so far, not good. Buck Showalter. Yeah, goodbye, Buck. Adios. Of course you fire Buck. People are crying, calling up radio stations, blogging, posting on social media about it would be a damn shame if the Orioles fired Buck Showalter. Yeah, well, the other 99% feels that he needs to go. He does. He never said he even wanted to stay with this shit show. How about you ask Buck, right? Everyone's like, oh, the Orioles shouldn't fire Buck. Well, why don't you ask how he feels? Because not once has he ever hinted that he wants to come back next year. He leaves with a losing record with the Orioles. Uh, But what other manager gets to keep their job the entire season when a team plays this bad? And I've also heard a lot of people talking about how Buck Showalter is probably dealing with depression and he needs to just retire. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) I'd be going through depression too. I mean, the guy loves baseball. He loved the Orioles. I know a lot of us disagree on a lot of shit that he did, but we can do that with any manager. But when you when, right now that I'm talking with her 46 and 114, I think it's time for him to go, regardless of what he did for the Orioles. Look, that's fantastic what he did when he came in to uh, Baltimore. But goodbye, Buck. Time to go, buddy. Okay, goodbye. And I'm sure when he comes back in a couple of years, you know, the uh, Orioles Ring of Honor or Orioles Hall of Fame, Ring of Honor, I think it's the Ravens I'm thinking of. Anyway, of course, the fans are going to be there for him. I'm going to stand up and give him a standing ovation. He was a great manager. It's just towards the last couple of years, things just shit the bed. and A lot of people can't get that 2016 playoff decision out of their head about uh, not bringing in Zach Britton, but we won't remember that in a few years. We'll be talking about Buck Showalter in five, ten years from now, talking about he was one of the best managers that the Orioles ever had. But I just think we need a younger manager with these young players. You know, great grandpa trying to relate with the young kids doesn't always work out. They need a manager who doesn't look like he needs to take his heart medicine before having sex. Buck is getting, he's getting to that age, man. 
but hey, every time he leaves a team, New York, <laughs> Texas, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Jesus, I can't. Arizona, they all won a World Series a day, uh, the year he left. So maybe the Orioles are due. This is good news, right? If Buck leaves, that means the Orioles are going to win tw- the World Series in 2019, right? But maybe Chris Davis will go with Buck Showalter. And in just a minute here, I'm gonna. There's an article that came out, Sports Illustrated, a, a couple days ago, actually. About Chris Davis. Uh, I don't know. I just learned that the guy cries a lot. <laughs> Talk about that here in a minute. But, you know, if Chris Davis and Buck Showalter right off in the sunset, hey, more power to you guys. Have a good day. I don't know. We might see a holiday photo with him and, and Davis wearing matching Christmas sweaters. <laughs> I don't know. Buck loved his, his Chris Davis. Loved him. Loved him. Had his back. Yeah, okay. Good for you. Because apparently... Buck was kicking down the door to make sure the Orioles signed Chris Davis. Where at the time, and I've talked about this before, a lot of people, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it from the beginning. You know, you hear all those people this year. I didn't like them signing Chris Davis. Bullshit. 99% of the people that I heard talk about him and the Orioles are saying, you have to sign Chris Davis. If you don't sign Davis, I'm never watching another Oil game. Well, here they are again. I know who you are, and I hear you saying, I, I knew it. I told him not to sign him. Fuck off. You did not. Most of the people. I mean, I've had people like Matt Kremenser and uh, uh, Jeremy Kahn on the show, and they all even said when it came around to signing Chris Davis, they wanted him to sign. The, even me, I was kind of like, you got you got to sign Chris Davis. You, <laughs> I mean, the guy back-to-back years had the most home runs. I think we saw a little sign that he was struggling, but we were like, all right, he had a bad year. He'll get over it. Didn't know he was just going to complete. Not shit the bed, he shit the house. Oof. But I just don't like how the Orioles bid it against themselves to get Chris Davis. You didn't hear people banging down his door offering him, you know, the entire farm to get him on the team. And now you hear people talking about Mike Bordick. That name's getting thrown around a lot. Mike Bordick's going to be the next manager, possibly. Or Billy Ripken, which I would have no problem with that. (laughs) Billy Ripken, he's the fucking man. But he has a great gig on MLB Network. Why would you want to leave that and go coach? I mean, look at John Gruden. Right? (laughs) I don't mean to switch gears to football, but oh shit, he had a great gig and he quit that, decided to coach the Raiders. If you're not following football, well, he's 0-3 and the Raiders do not look good. So sometimes just stay in the booth, have fun. But think about Mike Bordick uh, arguing with the ump. I laugh every time I think of that. Hey guys, come on. Uh, I don't want to upset anyone, but your call was fooey. Phooey, I didn't like, I, I could not see Mike Bordick like running out of the dugout, <laughs> turning his hat backwards, getting in the ump's face, yelling about something. I, I couldn't see that. Again, it doesn't mean you're a good manager on whether or not you can argue. I, I just, you know, you hear him, like I, I said before, every time I hear Mike Bordick calling an Orioles game, all I'm hearing is the Mr. Rogers theme music in the background. So I, I couldn't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who cares if you argue with an ump or not? Maybe Mike Bordick would be an excellent manager. Who knows? I don't know. Nobody really knows who the next manager is going to be. Sometimes you hear rumors of who's going to be the next manager. I really haven't, unless I'm just reading the wrong articles or looking in the wrong places. Maybe someone will write in and be like, hey, Dick, you've had like 20 articles in the past week on who's going to be the manager. Feel free to send it to me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Orioles right now in the month of September 6 and 19. How the fuck they won six games? I have no clue. I have no clue. Uh, Congratulations to Adam Jones, voted winner of the 2018 Most Valuable Oriole. No shit. 
shit. <laughs> Who else would it be? <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they probably handed at, you know, called him up and said, Adam, congratulations. You're the most valuable Oriole. Before they even said the word Oriole, he's probably like, yeah, no shit. Uh, I was expecting this call last week. Oh, well, Adam Jones' last few games as an Oriole, it's going to be sad. It will. I mean, because when you think of the Orioles, it's hard not to think Adam Jones. I mean, he's the face of the franchise right now. He's the team captain. Uh, You know, there's a lot of things over the years that, you know, I've always used to say that seemed a little douchebaggish of him. It's just his humor, okay? I mean, you, you have the media in front of your face three times a day for six months, you know, eventually, yeah, you're going to probably get a little sarcastic with the media. So I completely understand that. One of the greatest center fielders we're going to see on the Orioles. Hey, maybe Cedric Mullins will be the next one. I love the kid. He's fast. He can hit the ball. He can flag down fly balls like shit we haven't seen in a long time. But uh, Richie Bansells, the uh, head ex-head athletic trainer of the Orioles, I'll never forget, he told a story back in 2012. I mean, Adam Jones, when he came in the Orioles organization, they were bad, you know? I mean, they didn't start getting good until Adam was on the team for, you know, three or four years. Uh, One of my greatest memories of an Orioles fan that I was at live was in September of 2012 when they were playing the Yankees. They were a half game behind the Yankees. They won that night, wound up being first place in the division since God knows when before that, and it was exciting. And it was a tie game, bottom of the eighth, and Adam Jones just crushed a home run in left field. The stadium was shaken. Place went fucking nuts. It was awesome. And Richie Bansell said before that at bat, or it, the I think it was earlier that day before the game, Adam was asking me, he's like, hey, have you ever, what's it like hearing Camden Yards just get extremely loud? Because he's never heard it. I mean, it wasn't sellout crowds. It was an empty stadium. They were you know, 40 games out by uh, August. So he asked him, he said, hey, uh, what's it like? And he was trying to explain it to him with that night in the bottom of the eighth when Adam hit that home run to go up by one. Uh, the Orioles wound up hitting like three more home runs that inning. It was awesome. But after Adam round the bases and came home in the dugout, Richie walked up to him and said, that's what it sounds like when Camden Yards is a sellout crowd and the place goes nuts. That was a cool moment. Cool story. Because, again, 2012, you know, the Orioles are finally coming around. They're being good. They made the playoffs that year, as you know, beat the Rangers. I mean, it was just a fantastic year, but I thought that was a pretty cool story. Adam, always wanting to know what Camden Yard sounds like, sold out, going nuts, and here he goes, hits a home run, and he found out. And Richie says, yep, you just heard what this stadium sounds like going nuts. Um, Adam Jones says, you know, the other day, he, he didn't want to be traded because he wanted his value to stay up. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Some fans are angry because we could have got three prospects for that trade. But, you know, you got to look out for number one. Everyone has to look out for number one. And anyone who says, well, come on, you know, I would have looked out for the team. I would have known that they needed three prospects. Bullshit. Give me a break. I'm not hating on Adam because, again, this is these are the days, unfortunately, with how much money you make. The kind of uh, uh, salaries you get, the uh, the contracts you get. I mean, you got you have to look out for number one. All right, and I I hate to try to explain to the young kids sometimes and say, hey, it's not a team sport anymore these days with professional sports. It's you look out for number one. You play on that team, of course, you grow a bond with them and you want to win. But hey, it's all about number one. So I'm gonna miss Adam. 
You think of the Orioles, you think of Adam Jones. Are you going this weekend? Are you going to see him play against the Astros? By the time you may, you're may you tuning into this, the season may be already over. Um, I was th- A buddy of mine and I, we were going to go to uh, get the vest. It's probably made out of fucking tissue paper. <laughs> I think I talked about, I don't know, did I? Uh, I can't remember if I recorded the show. Yeah, I think I talked about how I went a week or two ago to get the um, hoodie. And it was made out of recycled tissue paper. <laughs> I don't know what this past Wednesday. Oh, by the way, I, I it just reminds me because I, I said my buddy, I got an email. Um, who I think he just said, where is it? I think he just said his name's Mike. E- email stating, here it is. He says he drinks each time I say I have a friend who or my friend said. <laughs> and then he ended with, by the way, I don't have Twitter. I've noticed in the emails that I'm getting that's starting to become a thing. Like earlier in the year, I talked about somebody was upset because they felt that I was only promoting my uh, my Twitter page. And somebody actually got upset and said, I, I don't have Twitter. Not everyone has Twitter. I only have Facebook. So it's like every time I get an email, it seems like people are just trying to be funny and say, hey, P.S., I don't have Twitter. But I, I don't ever remember doing that. I always just, whatever. Anyway. So I thought that was kind of funny. He says he drinks each time I say I have a friend who or my friend said. That's because my life stories aren't exciting. And I know what he's talking about. A lot. I do say that a lot. Hey, a friend of mine or a buddy of mine said or a friend of mine told me the other day. <laughs> it's true. So if you tune in, you're probably going to notice that all the time now. And, you know, I, I don't have exciting life stories. I'm always having people update me with their life stories due to the podcast. Seriously, I get more people They'll send me this long text of you know, what what happened at the uh, the, the the Camden Yards, the, the game that they went to, or some stat that they read about the Orioles that I probably already knew. But at the end, they go, "Hey, for your show." So I get all these texts and email, which is cool. You know, at least I don't have to pay them for a finder's fee or anything. But that's why my, my exciting stories are finding deals at Home Depot during the weekend. That that's what I would talk about if you wanted to get into my life. Okay, that camping story where I went camping this weekend, that was it. I got nothing. <laughs> I, I, I come on here and I talk Orioles and anything else that comes up. So if you have an exciting life and you want to email me or, or what, send me a message on whatever, I'd love to hear from you. Because if we're going to sit here and trade stories on what we did over the weekend, I'm going to put you to sleep quick. All right, uh, so where do the Orioles stand with offense and defense throughout the league? All right, cue the music. Here we go. Pitching, they've given up the fifth most walks per game with 3.6 this year. Uh, They've given up the most runs with 5.5 per game. Uh, They've given up the most hits per game with 9.6. Worst team ERA, 5.28. Over to offense, they are the fifth worst uh, team with runs per game, that's 3.83. Seventh worst with 8.15. Uh, worst with walks at an average of only 2.6 per game. And ninth worst with average 8.6 strikeouts per game. Now, here, I <laughs> hope you enjoyed that. Some fun stats that keep you excited. Now, here's something that will actually, I don't know, make you feel better. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, how did all the ex Orioles do this year? It's funny I, I came across this. It was an article I think on uh, where did I find this? Baltimore baseball maybe. Where did I find? Anyway, I'll start talking about it. And maybe it'll come back to me. So Manny Machado, all right, 
averaged 296, 37 home runs, 104 RBI. I mean, the guy's just tearing it up. Of course. Why? Because he's Manny fucking Machado. His last 59 games, 268 average, 825 OPS, 13 home runs, 37 RBIs. Now, Baltimore, before the trade, his average was 315, 963 OPS, 24 home runs, 65 RBIs in 96 games. Whatever. So you think, okay, he kind of flattened out a little bit there. That That's normal. Pitchers that he's not used to seeing, a different atmosphere. Different environment, atmosphere. Atmosphere, is that the right word? Anyway. Um, I, will you be cheering on the Dodgers this year in the playoffs? If they make the playoffs, actually. Are you going to be rooting for the Dodgers because of Manny? Now, I'm going to go, let me look in the standings right now because I think the Dodgers, yeah, Colorado jumped ahead of them right now. So Colorado has actually clinched a playoff spot because I think the Dodgers lost in the in the uh, Rockies won. So they clinched the wild card. So now it's the Dodgers and, uh, yeah, I think, actually, well, the Cardinals are game and a half. So the Dodgers have to lose and the Cardinals have to win out. So looking at the standings, yeah, it looks like the Dodgers would prop. Yeah, they're probably going to be the second team in the wild card. So it's going to be the Brewers versus the Dodgers. How funny would that be if the Brewers won and then the A's beat the Yankees? I was talking about this last time. But I am going to be rooting for them against the A's because I would like to see the Yankees and the Red Sox play each other in the playoffs. Who wouldn't? It'd be fun. And then I would probably be rooting for the Yankees. And I've talked about this a number of times. I don't like the Red Sox. I like nothing about them. Although I did just see that movie today with Mark Wahlberg about the Boston bombing. Oof, God, that was a depressing movie. But it kind of, the like the last scene of the movie, it's got David Ortiz when he said, this is our fucking CD. <laughs> when it kind of got you pumped up like, I don't know, maybe I should root for the Red Sox again. What a depressing movie. I can't remember what that's called. But are you going to be rooting for the Dodgers is what my original thought was here because of Manny. You know, I mean, Manny Mitchell, he's seen enough playoff games, right? <laughs> I mean, Johnny Scope on the Brewers. You're going to be rooting for him. Now, Now he's kind of, I'm not going to say shit the bad, but he hasn't been exactly doing as well as he did when he's on the Orioles. Now, it says here Scope is struggling a little bit in Milwaukee. He's started only 26 of the Brewers' 46 games since he's joined the club, and 11 of, the, 11 of those have been a, uh, at shortstop, it says. I think he only played shortstop twice. When he was with the Orioles, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's batting 195 with a 565 OPS, four home runs, 20 RBIs, and 43 games. Now, we all loved the Scope and Manny Love Fest, right? <laughs> I think people talk about that more than how much they miss Manny or how much they miss Scope. A lot of people say, oh, I loved it. You know, I always hear people say, oh, look at him. They, you know, they would play fight in the field knowing they would. They obviously did that, knowing they're going to get TV time. And everybody would go, oh, isn't that cute? Oh, look at them. Look at them. They're, they're playing again with each other. It's like, all right. Who cares? So, Scope struggling over there, but he's going to get some playoff time. And then it looks like the Braves and the Rockies are going to be playing each other. I'll tell you what, I'm rooting for the Braves. Why not? You got Flaherty over there, right? We've all, we all have Flaherty jerseys. Nick Markakis. Why wouldn't we root for Nick Markakis? He's a great guy. So I think I would like to see Atlanta win it all. I would. That would be great. All right, uh, Zach Britton, another ex-Oriole, of course. 
Uh, what's going on with him? Just, uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot he was struggling. I remember when the articles were coming out in New York about, you know, what a bad pickup. <laughs> One of the best closers in baseball. And after a second appearance, I remember everybody was freaked out. He walked home the tying run in a game against Kansas City. I do remember that. It was booed, of course. Let's see. It says, Britain was scored upon in four of his first eight outings, walking six batters in seven and third innings and posting a 7-3-6 ERA. I remember that. And, of course, what did he do? Where did he get his first save? Of course, he got it in Baltimore. Unfucking believable You know what? When I saw Britain was struggling, I'll tell you, I slept just fine. I've said it before on here. I didn't even lose a wink of sleep. Now... Britain has an ERA of 1.15 in his last 15 games with 11 strikeouts and two walks. Well, he got his shit together. And again, as much as I was not losing any sleep when he was doing bad, I'm actually very happy for him now. Uh, Brad Brock, a.k.a. Bad Brock. <laughs> that was always trending. He wasn't a closer, but Buck loved putting him back in the in the uh, closing, sp- closing role. That's what Buck did. You know, if he heard fans in the media say what shouldn't happen, Buck would be like, watch this. Watch what I do. Uh, so what does it say? It says the Orioles dealt him, yeah, July 30th. We know the Braves for $250,000 of international bonus pool money. Now, here's what's funny. I forgot about this. A month later, the Braves traded three times that amount of international money, $750,000, if you don't have a calculator, to the Philadelphia Phillies for minor leaguer Zach Zollinger, 23-year-old first baseman who was hitting two thirty-six in rookie ball. <laughs> so I'm sure the Orioles read this and they were like, oh, well, <laughs> let's just pretend that didn't happen. So what has he done now? Brock has a 123 ERA, striking out 20 batters in 22 innings. Good for you, Brock. Fantastic. Kevin Galsman. Here we go. He's gone 5-2 and two with a 280 ERA in nine starts. We all knew that was going to happen. We all knew it. Everybody knew it. I'm telling you, Orioles pitching is like... Dumping your ex-girlfriend, who was a seven at the time. Then six months later, she loses 15 pounds, starts tanning, gets a boob job. And you're sitting there like, what the hell just happened? So these Oriole pitchers are, you know, they're, they're not good. They're like a six or seven, and they leave, and they wind up being a nine or ten, winning Cy Young Awards. So congratulations to them. <laughs> so happy to hear everybody's doing great. I know Scope is uh, not doing too well. But I'm sure he'll get his shit together in the playoffs. Um, We're going to wrap it up in just a little bit here. But before I do, um, I'm going to announce the winner. So let's get the drum roll going. huh? The winner for the 2019 opening day season. Tickets goes to, and this was his name, Stevie G from Calvert County. And all he did is saying, hey, love the show. Put my name in the hat. And we did Pulled out his name. We contacted him earlier this week. So congratulations, Stevie G, Calvert County. Uh, even if he put his full name and where he's from, I, I wouldn't have said it anyway. So I don't think I would have. If he put his like first and middle and last name, I would be sitting here like and, and then giving where he lives. But he went by Stevie G. I don't know. That's his DJ name. So congratulations, Stevie. Thank you for still tuning into the show here. Listening about a team who is 46 and 114, who will probably be worse than that by the time you might tune into this. Uh, before I wrap this up tonight, uh, there was an article from Sports Illustrated a couple days ago about uh, Chris Davis. Now, some tweets went out about him. I mean, Chris Davis, just awful, just absolutely terrible. 
Uh, Jeremy Frank at MLB Random Stats wrote, the American League average OPS this season is 734. Says if Chris Davis played in each of the Orioles' last four games, going five for five with five home runs in each, his OPS at the conclusion of the season would be 718, still lower than the league average. And then Brittany Droley tweeted out, Chris Davis finishes with a negative 3.2 war. Oof. And a 168 batting average. She put, that's the lowest batting average among qualifying players in Major League Baseball history. Um, There's been over a thousand blogs and articles about Chris Davis, and nobody has a freaking clue what happened. But in the article, Chris Davis, in quotes, he says, I have no clue what I'm doing at the plate. You know, it, it starts getting kind of depressing the more you read. Uh, he says, failure just follows me around daily. Uh, he says in the article, he wakes up in the morning and thinks about how bad he is. He gets to the ballpark and thinks about how bad he is. He takes batting practice, slogs through another hitless night, and drives home thinking about how bad he is. He play- it says he plays a game for a living, but it's not fun anymore. More than once this season, he says he's considered his bank balance and considered just quitting. Come on, David. So I'm reading this, and yeah, of course you feel bad. And I've said it on the show. It's okay to boo these guys. How much money they make if they do bad, boo them. Who cares? You're paying money. You're paying. They're rich because you're paying your money to come out and watch them. And they're getting your money and becoming rich off it. So if you want to say boo, say boo. But I've always said don't heckle them. Don't stand up and yell you suck and start cussing and all that shit. So I'm thinking of this. I'm like, you know, cheer up, Davis. You know, fa- fans are very forgiving. Very very forgiving fans can be mean but they can become very forgiving which obviously fans i've said before can be one of the fakest people they'll boo you one night and then they'll love you the next and go out and buy your jersey because you hit a walk-off and now you're in the playoffs because of that walk-off home run but i don't know it's just the way it is and you know it says in the article about chris davis it got real dark one part of the article, he talks about how, because he, he's, I don't know if you know this about Chris Davis, but he's, he's very religious. In a lot of uh, interviews, he always mentions about how he's a Christian once or twice every now and then. But he was doing so bad, he thought, he even asked his wife, and this was in the article, if, he, if he's done something bad that she has just not been telling him about him doing this. Because he thought God was actually punishing him. And I'm like, golly, this shit just got dark. And it talks about how, you know, a number of times Chris Davis cried himself to sleep. I mean, it's like, Jesus. And I was talking about this. Here we go. Get ready to drink with a friend of mine. And he says, you know, it really puts things in perspective that these people are actually human beings. Yeah, no shit. I don't know why articles like this sometimes have to remind fans that, hey, these are people too. We shouldn't be threatening their family because they struck out four times. What the hell is the matter with you people? I hear that all the time. Well, it kind of puts things in perspective. They're actually human beings. No shit. (laughs) Yes, that is how it works. They're human beings. So I got to say, if you get a chance, take a read. It's a really good read. Uh, But hey, the season's wrapping up. Is the podcast going to wrap up? I don't know yet. I'm going to put, obviously, more episodes out there. We got playoff baseball. A lot of shit's coming up. I'll keep you posted, but congratulations congratulations to Stevie G. Hope you enjoy the tickets, but again, uh, stick around because, look, 
the more you guys tune in, the more you guys participate, the more I want to say thank you and do nice things and get you guys involved. So reach out anytime. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See you.